This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Hey, Kim. Hi. Good afternoon to you. Set your timer. We only have two minutes to make fun of Mark. Because that's what we do every day. That's the only get. Yeah. (laughs) Although I have to take issue with one thing you said. You you were talking about Tim Conway Jr., uh, who's on with Mark every Tuesday. Uh, He's on every day. But he's on with Mark. Well, I'm in Tuesday. Northern California, so I don't really listen to that show. Yeah, so. I listen almost every week because I have yeah. the iHeartMedia app. Oh, okay. We're not we're not bound by location anymore. No, we're not. We have people uh, watching this show from all over the world. Absolutely. Um, well, not all over the world. Although we do have viewers in India. That's our third that. our third biggest country. It goes U.S., Canada, India. But you asked, how can you do a show? Without politics, we well, do one I every day. I know, but I can't imagine <laughs> doing like a talk show on a big radio station like that and not, I mean. Well, they don't have know, callers. Oh. And they yeah. don't have a lot of guests. I mean, yesterday I just, they I had somebody running that, for Senate, but. I come from that KGO background where politics I know, is a mainstay. I, I, I was we there. talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, yes, you were. But you don't we have to. We talk about other things. You don't yeah. have to talk about politics. But usually, you know, in a in a two-hour show and in yeah. some cases, But three most or of Mark's show shows. on KGO, you know, yeah. with stories from the sky and, right. you know, news of, uh, news of the bizarre. And but we didn't do a, a lot of politics. political story. We never shied away from it. We, you know. Yeah, but certain, certain shows have different it, formats. It yeah. depends on the format. If it was John Rothman's show, it was politics every day. Right. Um, you know, yeah. and on the morning show, I try to make it 50 50. So right. I try to do 50% serious, 50% lighter. Mm-hmm. You got to keep on moving, keep people yeah. entertained. Um, yeah. But yeah, we do a show that has nothing to do with politics. Well, no, because what I feel like I already talked about politics with Nikki and I already talked about politics with Mark. So now it's time to lighten things up and have a little fun. Um, Kim's over the politics, guys. Uh, we have to thank Scott Rittenberg for a $10 super sticker at the end of yesterday's show. Yeah. Came in right, right as we were closing out. Um, right as Satan was making a mistake and hitting the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Scott Rittenberg. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you, Scott. Yeah. And Satan thanks you as well. Uh, you don't have to sign any contracts. Uh, I, I saw this headline. Uh, do you see this cannabis Thailand story? I have not seen this story. Tell me. What's going on? <laughs> Look at the, this is like a storefront in Thailand. Do you see what it says up on top? Cannabis made in the USA. <laughs> made in the USA. <laughs> yeah. Best kind. Yeah. Thailand moves to ban recreational cannabis use. Get this 18 months after historic decriminalization. So it's only legal. It's only been legal for 18 months oh. and they're already like, it didn't go yeah. Well I don't know. Uh, the relaxed law saw a lucrative cannabis industry catering to locals and foreigners alike across the Southeast, Southeast Asian nation. But a new conservative mm-hmm. coalition government came to power la- late last year, and then they're vowing to tighten the rules and only allow medical use. So you know, oh. it's got to be medical, and you're going to have to stay at home and get baked. Oh, um, wow. But I thought that was pretty funny. Also, you can't drink on uh, the king's birthday in Thailand. Oh. So keep that in mind. It should be a celebration. They should encourage drinking on the king's birthday. Well, the funny thing is the king doesn't even live in Thailand. He's like in Switzerland partying it up, ironically. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He's got his money. He's out of there. But anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Cannabis made in the USA. Mm -hmm. We still make something at home. I love this story. The headline brings joy, but the actual story, maybe not so much. I guess it's a problem in Canada where you they they sprinkle salt on the roads i think this is why salt 
or salt is on vehicles, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, there's salt, salt and kicks anywhere, up. anywhere it snows, mm-hmm. like they, you know, and there's bridges and whatnot. Park officials in Canada are urging drivers not to stop on highways to let moose, that's plural, lick the salt off their cars. Parks Canada spokesperson Tracy McKay eh, said allowing mm-hmm. moose to lick road salt from cars causes them to lose their fear of the roads and vehicles, right? So it unfortunately puts a... It puts moose at risk of being injured or killed if they get hit by a vehicle. Oh, no. Yeah, they say an average of nearly four moose are killed in the area of Alberta's Jasper National Park each year when they wander out into major roads. Um, the post had posted these, um, the park had posted these electronic road mm-hmm. signs in 2020 with the message, do not let moose lick your car, which, you know, it seems funny if you don't really understand what's going on. Um, they've yet to no find a long-term picking. solution. Yeah, yeah, they haven't found a long-term solution for keeping moose off the roads. Uh, there's been a few projects in various places to try salt al- alternatives, um, but they tend to be more expensive or they don't work well or both. Um, if it's safe to keep going without running into the moose, we would recommend people just try to slowly, carefully drive away. Just yep. try not to let a moose lick your car. And I think that's good advice for everybody. There's the moose licking the car, getting in Aww. there. I mean, it might seem funny and like, you know, oh, look at he's licking the car. Oh, isn't that cute? Yeah. But it desensitizes them to not only yeah. cars, but also human beings, which, you know, most human beings. It's also bad for their blood pressure. Some aren't. You don't <laughs> want them really. to have to go on a statin. So, no, you really don't. You yeah. also don't want them to feel like they're not scared of cars because they, you know, they, they'll get hit. They yeah. don't, if they're scared of cars, if they're going after them. So yeah, yeah. don't, no moose licking. <laughs> you moose licker. <laughs> you moose licker, you. Let's talk about what happened at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah. They have this thing called the Flappy. The Flappy oh, a, is a cat a door that oh. keeps your cat I'm intrigued. from bringing in unwanted dead gifts like you know dead birds dead mice dead what have you this this is this is a team they look very similar these guys right they're brothers from switzerland oh okay Mm. either that or they're clones they invented this device this cat door that um doesn't allow your cat to bring its prey into the house they're twins oliver and dennis they are the founders of flappy and they were um, at the Swiss Tech Pavilion at CES 2024 at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center, uh, showing off this device, this flappy door, inspired by their mom's problems with keeping the family cats from bringing mice inside the house. They say, we want cat owners to finally breathe a sigh of relief without fear of little fluffy surprises on their carpets. The cat flap features an AI-powered detection system that refuses to allow a cat to enter the home if it carries the mouse, bird, or other small animal in its mouth. The door also features a manual locking system that can be operated by the homeowner, a chip detection option that will ensure the flap only opens for the owner's specific microchip pet. So no raccoons, no other animals getting in through this. If it has a mouse in its mouth... How do you there, stop that? There's a sensor that says no. You can't come in with that thing in your mouth. No. <laughs> Blacky also like, includes internet connectivity so the door can be operated and its camera footage can be reviewed. Via oh, a, so a the cat just has app. to go go to the side of the house and slash the uh, cable wire. That's right. Kill the internet. <laughs> 
this is kill a the sm- power. It's a smart cat door. So first of all, it has a lock, so you can't. You know, other other creatures don't get in. It knows your your animal's microchip. So right, the you cat can't, will figure it out. The riffraff can't come in. I like it. This uh, flappy door is expected to retail for about four hundred bucks, or if you buy their two year nine dollar a month subscription on your smartphone app you can get it for 200 yeah Yeah, subscribe to their ten dollar a month or eight dollars and 90 cent a month monthly subscription smartphone service yeah good luck with that i don't think you're you're gonna make a lot of money off i don't know the idea of this smart door is pretty cool it has a lot of good cost versus what a dead mouse every once in a while i don't know i don't Mm, know if that's a good business model although it is interesting that there's a swiss pavilion at ces isn't that's, it? That, that's news I can use. <laughs> I mean, Maybe I would have to stop and talk to them, the twins. Absolutely. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to talk to them about the product, would you, Kim? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Look at they okay. each have a cat, a cat okay. on their shirt. And they'll uh, we'll just call they'll you. Like... Yeah, we'll just call you the cougar. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Don't let me in. <laughs> okay, we have equal coverage. We're fair and balanced, so we have dog news. Oh, look at this guy. Firefighters in Florida came to the rescue of a dog who ran into the narrow gap between two warehouses. Uh-oh. Oh, that sucks. And became stuck. The city of Hialeah, uh, uh, their fire department said on social media, media that the dog named Yanko had been missing from his home for a couple of days. And when local residents reported that he was trapped between two warehouses near West 5th Avenue and 18th Street, you know where that is. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, um, this poor little guy, and uh, they couldn't they couldn't get him out. You know, um, you know, and through traditional means, like out the front, uh, they ended up having to cut through the wall to get to the guy. Look at this photo. They tried everything. Um, they tried not to damage the structure of the uh, building, but um, they they tried a lasso over his neck to lift him up a little bit. They tried to get to him. There wasn't enough room, so they um, they had to uh, they had to go through the side here. They had to cut through a wall. Um, to get to the dog, but that's good news. He was rescued and unharmed. Yay. Well, let's talk about this lady. This is loud and kind of annoying. You know, yeah, she I, like... I'm going to spare you the sound. Um, I'd like to say it's because I just wanted to spare you the sound, but it's because there was music behind it and it was Guinness World Records and you know how they are. Um, she whistles through her nose. Yeah, just imagine mm-hmm. a really annoying high-pitched whistle. She's from Ontario. <laughs> She has an unusual talent that has earned her a Guinness World Record. She blew this nose. She blew a whistle or she she whistled out of her nose. It was so loud. It reached 44.1 decibels. Ear splitting nose whistle. Her name is Lulu Lotus. She learned she could whistle using her nose at the age of seven. She earned the record for the loudest nose whistle in the world. When she visited Acoustic Engineering Limited and had her whistle loudness measured in a specialized room designed for precision precision recording. So they put her in the studio. They record her nose whistle, 44.1 decibels. Lotus says she might make another attempt to beat her own record. I would love to attempt an even louder whistle. She said... Her five-year-old son is following in her footsteps and recently discovered his own nose-whistling ability. It would be a dream come true if you beat my record one day. So weird. She's got a little, tiny little microphone. 
How do you? I don't know how you whistle through your nose. Can you do it? No. I just sound like I'm blowing snot out. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that was weird for the podcast. Uh, If you go to her (laughs) YouTube channel, you'll actually hear that she like she plays music with it. Like she can actually play songs like an instrument, and it's pretty good. Weird. So good that it kind of seems fake. Okay. But um, it looks like it's legit. Uh, yeah. So if you want to Google it, what was it? Lulu, not Lulu Lemon. What was her name? Lulu Lulu Lotus. Lulu L O T U S. Lulu Lotus. Yeah. Nose whistler extraordinaire. Thank you, Spencer Jaffe, for the five dollars super sticker. Spencer Jaffe. He's he's sponsoring our Ontario nose whistle news. That's so nice. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I think I also saw one come through from Wes at the beginning of the show. Wes, uh, I'm a little worried because when someone says they have an all hands meeting, I hope it doesn't mean layoffs. So with the tech sector, I I worry. Uh, But Wes with a $5 super sticker, he wasn't sure if he was going to be here because he might have to to go to the all hands work meeting. So thank you to Wes for the super sticker and hope everything goes well with that meeting. The system didn't didn't put his contribution on my list. That's weird. Hmm, Thank you for catching that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes the systems fail us, even though we have processes, protocols, and standards. <laughs> um, this next story is about new technology, and this is something we had yesterday we didn't get to. Mm. Um, a new microwave claims to cook chicken, like quick cook it, so that it doesn't taste like rubber. Have you had mm. that problem? With the, have you ever tried to microwave chicken? No, but, you know, sometimes... Uh, bread or other yeah. things that you put in the microwave don't, they don't taste doesn't it. taste right yeah yeah i feel like if it's bread based like pizza you have a certain amount of seconds to eat it mm-hmm. right if you don't eat it within that minute it's going to turn into a board exactly um, the sevy oven s-e-v-v-y sevy oven is trying to reinvigorate microwave cooking from a uh, four minute cake to moist chicken and more um so this is this doesn't look very nice it kind of looks like some kind of like army like field microwave yeah it looks very rudimentary but okay yeah it's, it uses a novel method to cook everything from brownies to chicken breast in mere minutes uh, without the notorious rubber effect of overcooked meat or baked goods that you're t- we were mm. talking about um the co or the founder says that it's slow cooking done fast like really fast uh, the brains behind sevy were showing off the oven's cooking and baking prowess on the showroom floor um, someone manning the booth handed him a moist square of blueberry cake and said it had been baked in the oven. Though the team wasn't doing live cooking demos, I was promised the bake was finished in under four minutes. Compare that to the traditional convection bake, which could take closer to 30 minutes. Um, for some real talk, decent t- tasting microwavable cake isn't new. And so we're more interested in seeing how it cooks chicken, beef, fish, vegetables. Um, and uh, so that's what the, you know, the, the, the expert here wanted to know. So how does it work? It's patented technology uh, for cooking at low temps. Use, uses integral electric heating with heat waves ricocheting back and forth inside the chamber. If that sounds familiar, it's because microwaves operate similarly. Uh, but the savvy sevy waves penetrate food in a highly controlled and even manner, something microwaves famously struggle with thanks to AI-powered cooking programs. The food inside retains flavor and nutrients at a higher rate than it would with most cooking um, rate methods. Uh, it's integral heating. This kind of sounds like a scam. Is achieved <laughs> with the use of electricity. The company says the ingredients inside are heated precisely and evenly, resulting in perfect cooking. Uh, 
the foods heat up faster and it doesn't get any hotter than necessary, which prevents it from drying out. Um, yeah, so I don't How know. How much is look, it? Look Does forward it give you a this. price? Uh, this is like a demo at CES, so oh. generally these things are not for sale yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it leans on elements of existing tech, but ultimately a novel, novel way. Um, I, I think I it's think more I, of a stay tuned for this kind of I thing. could do without it, yeah. yeah Huge it thank looks... you to Wes for a second $5 donation who says oh, the meeting wow. is over and now we know what they want. They want him to come into the office two times a week starting next month. Oh, oh no. no. I hate that, Wes. I'm so sorry. Damn it. Oh, man, you really made a deal with the devil when you went with these, these guys. <laughs> oh, no, yes. no, no. Yeah. Do you want me to I do know. something about it, Wes? I mean, I have some spare time <laughs> on my hands. <laughs> well, let's keep huh. it with tech. Sorry, Wes, that's happening to you. And thank you for the contributions. You're awesome. I'm sorry that happened. Um, the. Federal Trade Commission is looking for help trying to fight these AI vocal cloning scams where people take your voice and they turn it into whatever they want it to be, right? And they have a deep fake. The judges of this... that happens when people use your voice without your permission. (laughs) The judges are going to award $25,000 to the best idea on how to fight malicious audio deep fakes. The FTC putting on this contact test for creative ideas to kind of get ahead of one of these scam artist tools that they do with the deep fakes. They first announced this last fall. Submissions are now officially open for the FTC voice cloning challenge. They are looking for ideas that will prevent, uh, monitor, and evaluate malicious AI vocal cloning abuses. They say artificial intelligence's ability to analyze and imitate human voices is advancing at a breakneck pace. Those deep fake audios already appear capable of fooling one out of four unsuspecting listeners into thinking the voice is human generated. And while they say this technology shows promise in scenarios like maybe providing natural sounding communications for patients suffering from certain things, scammers can use the same program for selfish gains. They've already tried to uh, con a mom in Arizona for a ransom by fabricating her daughter's voice in a kidnapping attempt. Um, AI imitations present other issues for creative professionals like musicians and actors whose livelihoods could be threatened by all of this. What about YouTube hosts? Or YouTube hosts? You know, it's going to happen sooner or later. Big shout out. They're hoping people can stay educated about the latest AI vocal cloning capabilities so that you don't get duped by anything like this. Uh, They'll be evaluating their submissions based on, is it easy to do? Is it feasible? Um, The, does it reduce the consumer's burden and liability? And, um, each pitches or presentations potential resilience in the face of quickly changing technology. So would it work now, but we already know that in two months it's not going to work, then you're not going to win. They say their written proposals they're accepting have to include less than a one page of an abstract alongside of a more detailed description under 10 pages in length explaining your potential product, policy, and procedure. Yes, policies and procedures. Um, And then you can also, if if you want, submit a video describing or demonstrating how your idea would work. Yeah. 
There's going to be a $25,000 grand prize, a $4,000 runner-up, and three $2,000 honorable mentions. So good luck, everybody. Go get it. Wes, that, that means sounds, you. That sounds like too much work. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I'd rather just uh, play in the rain. over my seasonal affective disorder. Oh. How the dark days of January shape your mood, intelligence, mm-hmm. and sex drive. Oh. Ooh, this sounds saucy. Our behavior and decisions can vary with the changing of seasons. The trick is to learn how to make the most of natural variation. The northern hemisphere may have passed its shortest day, but the but winter is far from over. After the sparkle of the holiday celebrations, January can feel like the darkest month of many, um, for many. It's not just our emotions that are affected. A recent scientific paper, we've got a lot of these to go through, published in the journal Perspectives on Psychological Science, explores the many ways that the seasons can our brains from sexual appetites uh, to our intelligence and our social activity. While it is well accepted that creatures like Canada geese or black bears adapt their behavior to this time of year, these subtle variations in human psychology have been far less discussed, but they may be essential for understanding our decision-making and well-being. Here are some of the most notable findings that have caught researchers' attention. Mood. The uh, existence of wintertime depression, otherwise known as seasonal affective disorder, sad, is now well accepted. The symptoms include a persistent sadness or anxiety lasting for at least two weeks, a sense of hopelessness and worthlessness, decreased energy, overeating and oversleeping. Many people may experience a subdued mood without meeting all the criteria for clinical diagnosis. This general melancholia is informally known as winter blues. Do you have winter blues? No. Mm -mm. No? No. No. No, I'm good to go. No, yeah, thank you. I'm good to go. I don't mm-hmm. really have the blues very often. I stay oh, really? pretty happy over here. Yeah. Uh, other things that can be affected, uh, memory and concentration. If you ever notice your mental acuity waning in the with the daylight, you may not be alone. Um, the, in the Netherlands, uh, researchers analyzed data from a large longitudinal study of more than 10,000 participants aged 45 and over. They found that those assessed in the winter showed slightly worse performance on their measures of learning, memory, and concentration. Uh, does do you that have happen the, to you? Do you have the seasonal blues? Mm, I feel depressed like in, I feel kind of sad in December when, yeah, I go outside and it's like 4 p.m. and the sun's going down. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the lack of sun bums me out. But, you know. Sandy says, I love the winter. I love the short days and the gray oh, really? weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm a night owl. And so it makes it difficult for me to like get sun and sleep when I want to sleep. Um, it affects your so, uh, socialization, sexuality. We may consider our descriptions of warm and cold behavior to be merely metaphorical, but emerging evidence suggests that these words may reflect ancient associations between ambient temperature and social connection. According to the theory of social thermoregulation, we evolved to look towards others as sources of physical warmth and comfort. Um, in this way, we're similar to emperor penguins. Oh, interesting. And many other creatures that naturally huddle together to share their body heat. If this theory is through is true, then lower temperatures should prompt us to seek greater social connection. To test this prediction, um, in France, they asked participants to hold either hot or cold drinks while completing various questionnaires probing the contents of their thoughts. They found that those with cold drinks were considerably more likely to think of close loved ones um, people who would fulfill their need for social connection than those holding the hot drinks. This uh, was provided that the participants did indeed have stable and supportive relationships in their lives, a fact that could not be taken for granted for some participants. Would you say that you have um, stable and supportive relationships in your life? I think so. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, you, you? Had to, you hesitated there for a second. No, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think all all is good. Oh, speaking of AI, Wes is asking if anyone's heard about the AI that created a brand new stand-up set by George Carlin. He said it's startling. No, I haven't seen it. Interesting. No. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, I guess I guess my story's over. I bored you. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's good. I'm sad that people are sad when it's rainy and gross outside. Anyway, if but you I... want to read more about it, it's in the BBC, uh, bbc.com. Let's talk about the most popular work terms of 2023. And they're pretty surprising. Here's this girl. She went viral this year for her stance on work and her interview with a her she did a zoom session with her boss that she put online and just the the difference in generations and the way her boss approaches work and the way she approaches work so one of the things she's advocating for this young woman is getting a lazy girl job what's that you might ask mm -hmm. this is um there's not the grateful to be here generation that puts up with long hours, low salaries, maybe toxic bosses in order to pay dues. Instead, yes, she advocates for the lazy girl job. That's a position where you can have pretty comfortable salary and not really do that much work and be remote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> lazy girl job mindset, all about creating as much freedom and space in your personal life as possible through efficient work days, although not everyone will understand. So that's one of the things that happened in 2023, the lazy girl job. Then we have bare minimum Mondays. Have you ever heard of this? This isn't, I hadn't heard of this catchphrase. Bare minimum Mondays are giving people to think about how to start their work week doing less. This content creator, Marissa Jo Mays, who popularized the term this year, told her followers her practice of bare minimum Mondays stemmed from how she lived in her 20s. She recalled staying up late on Sundays, dreading the work week ahead, creating these long to-do lists that she would then not complete the following day. So one day she gave herself permission to do the absolute bare minimum for work that day. And she said, lo and behold, everything <laughs> felt different. The pressure was gone. She's been reaping the benefits of this practice ever since that day. Bare minimum Monday is a sign of how more of us want permission to ease ourselves into a non-stressful work week. Mm voluntelling is another work term for 2023. That's because instead of volunteering yourself, someone volunteers you for something, you've been voluntold, voluntelling. Um, this one I had to have explained to me. Hey, hanging. On instant messenger platforms like Slack, greetings like hey can take on a magnified importance without reassuring the context and tone of the body language. That's why it's easy for a brief hey on Slack to send people into worry mode. Without a follow-up, you might think someone's upset or that you're about to get roped into something you don't want to do. Um, a term like hey, hanging in the balance there, perfectly describes the anxiety that coworkers may be causing with their messages. So we already knew about quiet quitting, where you kind of slowly maybe stop doing certain things. Well, in 2023, it seems like employers fought back with quiet cutting. 
which is not firing you. It's where they take away your duties, maybe put you in a different department. And it's a kind of a signal that your time with that company is coming to a close. And here's another one I hadn't heard of, body doubling. So if you work best with an accountability buddy, then you can have a partner, basically. So And this is often used by people with ADHD, they say. If you have a task, you have another person on Zoom or in person do the task too. This way, one person that can't pay attention can stay anchored to the present and focused. Sometimes it means working quietly with a friend at a coffee shop. Could mean having them finish the same task as you at the same time. Either way, if you have trouble concentrating or finishing tasks, having a body double to keep you accountable could work. And lastly, This is a term I also hadn't heard, the post-work restraint collapse. If you had a hard day at work, you feel something known as the post-work restraint collapse. It's the bone-deep exhaustion caused by draining work days. The collapse apparently happens after work is what happens when you finally feel safe to release your pent-up emotions and you let it all out after this sense of depletion. You have nothing left for other activities. And so you just kind of collapse on the couch and that's it. Yep. And those are the 2023 work terms you should be aware of. It looks like my computer is glitching. Could you um, change the photo to the, um, actually, do you see a boat at the end of the photos? There's a picture of a boat. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you about the story. Uh, Time is running out for a landmark old boat that became a California social media star. Apparently there's this boat called the Inverness Shipwreck. Have you heard of this? Is it an Inverness? Yeah, it's an old old wooden boat that became an Instagram star as it rotted on the shoreline uh, north of San Francisco. And recent storms have made shambles of the forlorn vessel named Point, uh, named Point Reyes, which is, you know, uh, obviously that's a familiar mm-hmm. name. Sure. Which has already deteriorated from the overattention of visitors to the Marin County Coast, according to uh, San Francisco Bay News Media. The Marin County this Coast? Week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The National Park Service is aware that additional damage occurred to the vessel as a result of this uh, of most recent storms and tides, according to the uh, Point Reyes National Seashore. Um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I can see why people would want to take photos of it, but time is running out. Um, yeah. I love that picture like, though with the reflection in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So of course, you know, it's it's. A wreck, <laughs> so it's going <laughs> to deteriorate. While we recognize this is a local landmark and destination, uh, national parks is uh, uh, said that they were. Um, the, 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 sorry, my computer is glitching. Um, but anyway, the boat was built in the 1940s and was used uh, for transportation and fishing before it was abandoned years ago around the community of Inverness on a section of the Tamales Bay shoreline that is part of uh, Point Reyes National Seashore. It then became a tourist draw and darling of social media. Instagram alone has more than 5,500 images of the Point Reyes, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, hmm. But now it's it's about gone. Sad. That is sad. Yeah. You want to do your egg story or do you want to go to a break? Uh, why don't you do a story? Um, okay. And yeah, then I'm going to reboot my I'm going to reboot my system. Okay, I'm going to talk about gambling in casinos because have you ever heard of, or have you not have you ever heard of it? Have you ever been in a casino and you thought this is so gross, ew, so disgusting? Yeah, you just rather the air is so thick you can chew it is kind of how it feels sometimes, and you think why do I want to stay in here, lose money and suck down all this smoke? No, thank you. Well, 
a lot of people apparently feel the same way. So the question is, would you gamble in a casino if it was a non-smoking casino? Or would you work in a casino that was a non-smoking casino? Casino workers are trying to ban tobacco smoke because they say their work environment is toxic. Um, one woman said she's just trying to make a living. She was a dealer and supervisor at a resort, a gambling resort, a casino in um, Jersey, New Jersey. She said, you think you don't think you know that you're going to get sick at your job. But many casinos allow indoor smoking, even as the share of Americans who smoke has fallen from about 21% in 2005 to now 12% of Americans smoke in 2021. Now, that's some pretty good numbers, right? We're seeing the number of smokers drop. However, it seems like all the smokers gather in the casinos and it is gross. So smoking is banned in at least some public spaces in 35 states, D.C. and U.S. territories. But 13 of the 22 states and territories that allow casino gambling permit smoking in at least part of their facilities. And I'm telling you, it can be really gross. It, I mean, not that I'm the biggest gambler anyway, but I won't go usually into casinos because I don't want to breathe that grossness. Have you Yikes. been to the casino in Orna Park? The Grayton Casino. Yeah. I went. I we went for dinner one night and walked into the c casino, and I couldn't stay in there. It was and so the smoke. The smoke. It's gross. Yeah, it's really gross. I mean, and you walk out of a place like that, and your hair smells like it, and your clothes yeah. smell it's like, like being it. Being transported and, to the 1980s. Yeah, really no, gross. No. So the workers there. Um, and anti-smoking advocates and public health experts agree it is way past time to limit or do away with tobacco smoke in casinos um, because of the dangers of secondhand smoke. They're facing big pushback from the gambling, gambling industry leaders um, who say smoking bans drive the gamblers away, especially in the places where people go it to instead to a casino in a nearby jurisdiction that will allow them to light up. So, but the pandemic renewed the fight. Um, sharpened arguments on both sides. We'll see where this goes. Casinos were shut down for several months in 2020 as part of the effort to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. Um, people had to mask up so you couldn't take your mask off to smoke in the casino. So the air was much better in there. Workers in the casino were like, oh, this is so much better, right? And people mask up, they can't smoke and clutter up the, uh, the air with grossness. So... I don't know. We'll see. It, it seems like it's long overdue to me, but what do I know? Smoking is gross. I think in there was one jurisdiction or one city in um, Nevada that tried a non-smoking casino, and you would have thought it would have been a successful venture, but it flopped. So the maybe they're who, right. I mean, I'm sorry, but the degenerates that love casinos... <laughs> <laughs> they love they don't they don't care about their health and they're not I mean, i'm generalizing but it's a lot of it's true have you, you been know? to the one in in runner park yeah i walked in once and it, it was yeah. depressing it was just depressing seeing all these like people who should not and i'm going to be very judgmental right now people who should not be spending their last dollar like hanging yeah. off of these slot machines and it was just like smoking and like just look like ugh. sorry yeah. it was just it was one of the saddest most depressing scenes i've ever mm -hmm. seen they have some really good restaurants there, though. Like Tony's of North Beach now has can a water park them from the outside. Yes. As a matter of fact, free? yes, you can. And they have these thick 
glass doors and an, a little like a lobby with another set of glass doors. So when the bit doors open to the casino, maybe the smoke yeah. gets into that reservation area desk, but okay. not into the restaurant. So it's pretty well protected from the smoke. Yeah, but I kind of don't want to. I don't want to reward the casino with any of my money. Or business, yeah, but um, I hear you. Speaking of money, it's time to take a break. Oh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about um, the Russia Security Service. Apparently, they're in dire straits and they have to fundraise with a calendar. Yeah, oh, you're selling sad. a calendar. Not. Yeah, no, not bad for them. We'll also talk about Mary Lou Retton. And there's we've lost some some stars that um, you may recognize. So we'll t do all that with entertainment news when we come back on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Hey, hey. Hello to all my naked viewers out there. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our ongoing contributors, Meredith D, Kathy O, and Beth F. Thank you Yay. so much. And our super stickers that came in, came in from J uh, Spencer Jaffe and yep. Wes T. Yay. And thank you. Yeah. Two from Spencer and two from Wes. You guys are so kind. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you for helping support the show and letting us know that you like what's going on here at the After Party Live. Let's talk about this, this Russia Security Service calendar fundraiser. Okay. This story comes from the Kiev Post. And Russia's security service called the FSB has apparently released its 2024 propaganda fundraising calendar. That's what that, remember, it's the Kiev Post. So they, they say propaganda, right? The front cover features art. So it's all artwork. It's not, you know, real pictures or anything, but it's art of an improbably ripped Vladimir Putin, there he is, look at his big arms, um, giving his best sultry stare while leaning back on a big black compensator vehicle. The apocalyptic November image for something. Mm -hmm, depicts an FSB special forces soldier standing before the U.S. Capitol while drones and helicopters attack it. You guys don't have to come attack our Capitol. The um, Trumpers will do that for you. Don't worry. Um, this is a very popular holiday gift in Russia. Maybe they don't know. There's, there's wondering if it oh, will. Yeah, be. it's big in Russia. I've met, I've met people in hostels uh, when I've stayed at, you know, in cities in in uh, Europe, and when I've mm -hmm. met Russians, almost I would say nine out of ten that I've met are go go uh, Putin. And I ask them about mm -hmm. these calendars, and they're like, oh yeah, they're very popular, and they have him like uh, shirtless riding a horse. They got the calendars, yep. they got the cozies. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a Mark Merch, you know, store. But the for question Putin. that's being asked, though, is why the FSB needs to fundraise, right? I mean, do they not have enough money to fund the security service? Well, I guess not. Well, so I think they're just trying. I think it's more of a, like a trying to um, get everybody on board, you know, mm -hmm. with the nationalism, right? Yeah. Because all the mothers are mad that their their sons are obviously being killed. 
Well, that's what so it looks it's, like. It's a raw, raw. It's kind of like you know the jets, um, the the navy jets flying over the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. It's yeah. all propaganda. It's military propaganda. Yeah. Look no, at thank the, uh, you. I'm a big badass. I think I'll pass on the calendar. Yeah. Nope. It's delusional. Do you know who oh, was sorry. a good leader though? Who? Abraham Lincoln. Oh. But we have some sad news. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's top hat has gone missing. And a sculptor suspects theft. A waterfront park sculpture of Abraham Lincoln is missing its uh, iconic top hat. The bronze hat had been by Lincoln's side, resting on top of a rock since 2009. Photos of the sculpture without the hat first appeared on social media Saturday. Uh, A property theft report was filed with the Louisville Metro Police, according to spokesperson. Um, The report will be reviewed and shared with uh, the First Division detectives for them to begin their investigation. Uh, Sculptor Ed Hamilton says someone stole the top hat. Poor Abraham Lincoln's top hat. You can see the circle there right next to him where the top hat was ripped out of the rock. It was anchored uh, down into that monolith rock. I don't know what they could have used. Maybe some more manpower or some crowbars. I guess they kept trying until they got it up. Hamilton said in an interview with the Courier Journal on Sunday. um, Yeah, bring back the hat because you can't wear it, he said. Sculpture Mm. may need to be more sturdy from now on. That sucks um, when people says. ruin public art. I hate that. Yeah, they just have to figure out how yeah. to super anchor these things. Um, we thought it was anchored down well enough, but obviously not. It wasn't. Nope. Wah, wah, wah. Um, let's talk about Mary Lou. Mary Lou, um, she's not really talking about health care coverage um, or donations. She's talking a little bit about her health scare, but she's doesn't really go into deep depth about why she didn't have enough money to cover herself. Yeah. Over the past three months, uh, 8,319 donors have given the Olympic great Mary Lou Renton nearly half a million dollars, 459,324 to be exact, after her daughter went on social media to announce that Renton is fighting for her life with a very rare form of pneumonia. Also over the past three months, USA Today Sports has been in contact with Retton, her daughter McKenna Kelly, and two friends of the family via numerous text messages and phone calls trying to get answers to questions that as of Monday afternoon have remained unaddressed. Asked in several text messages and a voicemail on Monday about her lack of health insurance until recently, her financial situation, why she refuses to divulge where she was hospitalized or name the doctor or doctors more than two months after she's left the hospital, Retton, 55 years old, declined to reply. Retton's mm-hmm. unwillingness to answer the most basic questions about her health care has received increased, increased scrutiny for one simple reason. The decision by Kelly and her three sisters to seek public donations for her mother on the crowdsourcing site SpotFund.com. Had they not done that, the illness likely would have been remained, it would have remained a private matter. But mm-hmm. bursting into public view and enticing so many strangers to send money, while still refusing to talk to USA Today, she did agree to an interview with NBC's Today Show. On Monday, she appeared with an oxygen tube in her nose, describing a harrowing month-long hospital stay, including a moment when they were about to put me on life support, she said, um, but she was able to go home in late October. NBC said Retton did not want to reveal the name of the hospital, which is consistent with how she has handled the matter with USA Today, but asked why M- uh, by NBC why she hasn't uh, she wasn't covered by health care insurance. She said, when COVID hit after my divorce in 2018 with all my pre-existing conditions, I had over 30 operations of orthopedic stuff. I couldn't afford it. She then exclaimed, but who would even know that that, that this was going to happen to me? Well, that's the that's the point of health insurance, yeah. right? You don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. Uh, my appendix burst. 
I'm saying I had Obamacare. Regarding health insurance, she said, I'm all set now, confirming she has medical insurance. Yes, yes. USA Today asked her Monday if the spot fund donations are paying for the health insurance, but there was no reply. So I don't know. Do you think it's, do you think it's sketchy? Do you think they should be asking questions um, since she asked for the public or family asked for public support and um, they're being very secretive about it all? Do you think it matters? I think when you're a celebrity or have achieved notoriety like this, you're very guarded with your privacy. And so I don't um, fault her for that, wanting to, you know, keep her health matters private. But I do think that when you go ask people for money like that, then you kind of open yourself up to maybe a little scrutiny. And people want to know, are they donating or contributing to your healthcare costs and like where's um, the money going right because that's what you're you you need to be able to prove that what you're saying is true so i think she needs to understand that people just gave her half a million dollars so she needs to open right. up a little bit about she should be accountable what more I, what happened in yeah. a text message to usa today her daughter said uh she would not comment on how much of the money went your has been accounted for but she said that all remaining funds would go to a charity of her mother's choice. She offered no timetable or further information. Whereas on the after party, you know that 50% of these funds go to Archie. So thank you, Denise, <laughs> for four ninety nine. That Archie drop gets me every time. And that's why I exploit that cat. Uh, Karen Cooper, Archie must donate, cannot resist. $2. Lose again with another $5. Show crossover idea. Can the Archie drop be in the play uh, in Mar uh the play and game uh, in Mark's Madness. Uh, how could you not vote for it? Go Archie. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Mark would allow that though. No, that no. Be compatible mm -hmm. with the uh, the by bylaws mm -hmm. of the Mark Thompson show. I don't know if you noticed, but you know, he's the star of that show. Do you remember Nicole Eggert? No. Kind of a big star in the. She was in Charles in Charge. There she is from the opening credits of Charles in Charge, in the. Uh, I think that was in the eighties, right? And then she was also Tell in Baywatch, Love Lifeguard in Baywatch. Well, Nicole Eggert um, has revealed that she has a breast cancer diagnosis. Oh. Um, her friends are coming to her aid, but she has on Monday posted to Instagram and creating a GoFundMe account organized by a friend, she said, hope is important because it can make the present moment less difficult to bear. If we believe tomorrow will be better, we can bear a hardship today. So um, yeah, Eggert, apparently uh, they say she's been a long time since the Charles in Charge and Baywatch days. As a single mom, Eggert has struggled financially to raise her two daughters. You'd think she would get a lot of residuals from those shows, but maybe not. She still has one home, a little one at home, and is terrified of not being able to afford all the treatments and the surgery necessary while also keeping a roof over their heads. She's lost both of her parents. She doesn't have any family to lean on or help her with this situation. She was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, um, after experiencing a terrible pain in her left breast in October, she gained some weight as well. She thought at first it was menopause, but then um, found a lump. And so, yeah, she said, I immediately went to my general practitioner. They said, I have to get it looked at, but she couldn't get an appointment. You know how hard it is to get an appointment sometimes? So she had to wait until the end of November to go in and get tested. And once she went in, they said, yeah, you got the bad news that you do have cancer. She said, it's been mm. rough for me. She said, it hasn't been a very breezy sail through life. I've always read inspirational quotes and corny stuff that kind of gets me through it. Um, 
but yeah, she has a 12 year old daughter and a 25 year old daughter. And she said that the one is an adult, but I have a 12 year old at home where I'm the only caregiver and I have no family and I have nothing. So she is not succumbing to this. She says there's no option but to fight it and fight it. She will. So there's this GoFundMe page that is um, underway. And as of now, let me see. They've raised about $26,000 for her. The goal is 100000 So Nicole Eggert suffering from breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a comment on that smoking story. LJ says, why be disgusted, though, John? We're talking about the smoking in the in the casino mm-hmm. in Rona Park. That's someone's grandparent or parent. Would you say it was gross to their face? I'm talking about the actual, like, smoking and gambling is gross. Yeah. Not, not the people themselves. I, I think it's sad. I think it's a, yeah. an addiction for many people. Um, but it's kind of like walking uh, across some, you know, like a, a, to be honest, like it's not as bad as, but like a drug den in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. seeing people who should not be spending their money, you know, who need money, who obviously, you know, most likely don't don't have disposable income spending their last dollar. I think that's gross and sad. So that's what, that's what I'm referring to. Do you remember this woman? Nope. Maybe you remember her when she looked like this. Nope. Or this? Nope. None of the above, really. This looks like someone from the or 80s this? again. Yeah. Nope. Okay, well, this is the, one of the stars of Caddyshack and Tron, and her name is either those. Cindy Morgan. <laughs> no? Okay. You've never seen Caddyshack? Nope. Oh, my God. Something is wrong with you. You never saw Tron? No. Elise says oh, I'm too young. Oh, Lord. I am telling you. Um, okay, well, this woman, uh, her name is Cindy Morgan, pretty big actress in the 80s. She passed away. She, I got the 80s the, from the hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sh- her roommate called the Lake Worth Beach, uh, called the cops to their Lake Worth Beach home, saying that she had come home from a holiday trip, knocked on the door of their home, got no response, and then a strong odor was coming from inside. Mm. Yeah, she found she went in and found Cindy Morgan dead in her room. No foul play expected. Again, Cindy Morgan, well known for her role in Caddyshack. Uh, she was also in Tron. Um she was, you might remember this. You remember her playing Lacey Underall? No? If you didn't see uh, Caddyshack, you probably. She was Lacey Underall in the 1980 comedy opposite Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, and Rodney Dangerfield. in theaters until like fourth oh. grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deidre says, you're, John, you're deprived. Watch Caddyshack. Okay. It'll be on yeah. my list. She was in other movies too. So Caddyshack, Tron. She had um, a role in Galaxis, Silent Fury, a movie called Up Yours. She did cameos on The Love Boat, on Chips, uh, The Fall Guy, Falcon Crest, Matlock, Hunter, The Highwayman, um, The Larry Sanders Show, and many, many more. So yeah, she was a pretty big deal. Karen Kleiner with $20. Oh, you know, every time we run the the Archie, yeah. Archie gets a we lot get, of love. We get more money. So Archie yeah. gets more love than we do, but we love Archie, yeah. so that's good. That's good. He's such a good kitty kitty. Oh, and look at this from Jim Slayton. Five dollars. If my Edith Bunker type voice, hello there, Archie. In my Edith Bunker type voice, hello there, Archie. Hello there, Archie. I've seen that because <laughs> that's of reasons. Oh, yeah. That was a good show. I liked it. Was that 80s or 70s? That's late 70s? 
Um, probably. Uh, Archie. Oh, that was that was Archie late seventies, le- late seventies, early eighties. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave, Norman Lear. So let's talk about the Spice Girls. You want to do this one? Uh, if yeah, if you want to be my lover, Spice Girls. <laughs> Mel B teases good news that involves uh, all five, really, really, all five really of us. Um, so that would be Mel B, Victoria Beckham, Mel C, Jerry Hollowell, hyphen Horner, and Emma Button. Uh, they last reunited for uh, in full on a 13 UK date tour in 2019. Could 2024 be the year that Spice Girls fans once again spice up their lives? If Scary Spice has anything to say about it, we're in for a big announcement. While appearing Monday on the Today Show with uh, Hoda and Jenna, Mel B said that she was going to get myself into so much trouble as she teased an upcoming project that will reunite all five members of the girl group. Well, I've been saying this forever, but now we're actually going to be releasing some really good news about it in a few weeks that involves all five of us. She noted that it's difficult to get the whole group together. They all have families of their own. There's five of us, and we've got five different diaries, and we're all parents. But Mel is confident that fans will be 100% satisfied with what's in store, adding it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving without saying too much about it. I'm going to get myself in so much trouble. So there you go. The Spice Girls are reuniting. Look at that. Okay. Heard it here. That's right. No politics, but we've got Spice Girl news. We have Spice Girl news on the after party. We also have, uh, since we're doing kind of a time passages death thing on the celebrity news, have you heard of this guy? Yeah, thanks for the Debbie Downer today. Remember this guy? Have you know him? Nope. No? (laughs) He's a pretty good looking fellow. His name is Adnan Canto, and he died this week. Oh. I mean, he's a really young guy in age 42. He oh. was in Designated Survivor, the show, the TV show with Kiefer Sutherland. He was in The Cleaning Lady, no, well known for those roles. He died Monday of appendiceal cancer. Who knew you could have cancer of the appendix? Oh. Hmm. They say he uh, had a, I had mine removed, thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. They say he had a depth of spirit that few people truly knew he was born in mexico raised in texas skilled actor and musician who was starring in the fox series the cleaning lady in a in its third season right now at the time of his death he had not yet started working on this new season but he was also in designated survivor as mentioned and also narcos do you see the show narcos he was in blood and oil another TV mm-hmm. series. Um, he was in X-Men Days of Future Past, an agent game. So he's been in a lot of current things or, you know, most recent things. Most recently, Cleaning Lady. I remember him in um, Designated Survivor. I really like that show. What year was that? Your show? Desi- Designated Survivor? It was like, I don't want to say like four years ago, maybe. Yeah, I was yeah. probably producing a talk show or three. Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe um yeah sad sad to see him go so uh add on add on aiden a-d-a-n Aden aiden canto has passed away at the age of 42 oh sadness yeah that was pretty sad um some comments in the uh the chat uh everyone's telling me that yeah i need to see those movies um Jim Caddyshack. says that archie's agent is going to demand more money <laughs> yeah but then it's just going to go back into the meat you know into the meat fund so yeah caddyshack's on my list um you know we never talked about it with mark but um remember um while we were on the air on kgo there was a reference to shawshank redemption and it came out that i had never seen shawshank redemption have you seen it now yeah i saw it like a week after we were fired 
<laughs> it opened up my schedule. I had time, but I forgot to tell Mark. But yeah, I did see it. it was Eventually, you saw it. It took yeah. a while, but you got there. There are some movies that become kind of the pop culture where there's references that people yeah, that Caddyshack a... is one of those yeah and usually Tron too. Tron. usually there's so many references to, to a movie that it gets confusing like if you didn't see it you think you've seen it uh Luis I'm... another five dollars I'm being I'm beginning to think Archie is Satan's kitty since we're unable to resist his power well, yeah <laughs> sometimes Archie gets into a foul mood he's actually um last night I had to put him in um kitty prison uh oh so he was acting he, he was getting a little violent um he randomly gets upset and I think he, he has some kind of behavioral problems. We've tried to work through his anxiety since I got him out of the shelter. But every once in a while, he has this flare up where he just kind of has kitty attitude and it was unprovoked. Mm -hmm. um, and the vet has ruled out a physical ailment. So I think it's some kind of behavioral territorial dominance thing where he tries sure. to challenge me randomly. And so I had to put him in the shower. This is what I do. I don't turn on the water. I just put him in the, the shower and close the doors. Right. And uh, first couple times that worked. And then he, until he, he calms to, down. Yeah. Until he calms <laughs> down. And he managed to escape. Oh. The, la the last time that I um, did it before I made an alteration. I, Nobody so now puts I have, Archie in the shower. So now I have to wedge <laughs> something between the two glass panes, the two doors, mm -hmm. to keep him from pawing his way out. Um, but then after uh, after a while, he comes out and he calms down. It's like it's like a tantrum. It's like a kid throwing a tantrum, except he has claws. I had to take a cell phone away from a teenager this week, so I, oh, I get worse. it. that's worse. I think that's yeah. worse. Oh. Probably. Let's talk oh. about Kiss. Okay. Yeah, they're doing avatars. They're doing uh, they're doing these these um, digital avatars, similar to what happened with ABBA's that you know that that they did a tour with an ABBA show that they were all avatars not the real performers and i think they just advertised that they're doing an elvis one with an elvis avatar well they think that doing kiss avatars will allow the band to stay on the road even in retirement and so one of the band members, his name is Tommy Thayer, you may know him. He says, it's been interesting doing the avatars so far. It'll take some time to get to the imagery where we want it to be. I haven't really thought about what it all means in the big picture, but with technology evolving as quickly as it is, there's no doubt this is the direction a lot of entertainment is going in. So they'll have, they say they'll have to wait about three years to see the very first Kiss Avatar performance, but they have released a short video showing that the Kiss Avatar performance is coming in 2027. They are were created, the Kiss Avatars, by Industrial Light and Magic here in the Bay Area, and they were financed and produced by the same company that did the ABBA Voyage. So I don't know. I, I mean, uh, about $200 million is being invested into this Kiss Avatar show, according to Gene Simmons. That seems like an awful lot of money. But maybe they expect to make it back. I, I remain unconvinced that I would go see an Avatar show. Mm -mm. No, and I never... Did you see Kiss? I have never seen them in person, no. That's another thing from the 80s, right? That's what we're covering today. Yeah, and I think maybe <laughs> 70s too. 70s, 80s, and I think they bled into the 90s. I don't know. 70s, 80s, and today? 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, do we have time for one more? Let me. Yeah, we do, but let me just tell you about the Kiss avatars. Listen to this. Okay. You, you will see them as a fantasy-based superhero 
eight feet tall, breathing fire and shooting electricity from their fingers while floating above the audience. That paints a picture. Maybe the Kiss show would be cool. I don't know. It sounds kind of scary. Yeah, it really kind of (laughs) does. Yeah, I don't know if I'm into that. Um, Back to Russia. Oh, you're my only friend. Second Russian performer. This is an image that I found when I Googled um, Sock Puppet. Uh, you'll see why I didn't use an alternate uh, picture. Second Russian performer has been detained for a sock on penis stunt. What? That's right. A Russian singer has been detained for appearing before a concert audience wearing nothing but a sock on his penis weeks after a rapper was jailed for doing the same at a Moscow party that caused a national scandal. You remember hearing about that? That was like the uh, almost naked party. At least they covered it up. Maxim In San Francisco, there's no sock even. (laughs) <laughs> well, most, of the, most of the time there is, but not always. Uh, Maxim Tesley, front man of the band called Schenke, uh, which means the puppies, <laughs> was detained at a St. Petersburg airport. State news, uh, news agency task reported local news outlet Fontanka said that he had been charged with petty hooligan- hooliganism. Petty oh. hooliganism. Yeah, that's right. Uh, have you ever been charged with petty hooliganism? No, but if I was going to be charged with something, I would go for that. Last month, Nikolai, <laughs> Nikolai, uh, uh, Nikolai, what's his last name? Uh, anyway, Nikolai, Russian last name, um, was the guy that got in trouble. He was at that party, you remember? And uh, yeah, apparently they're not they're not uh, okay with it. The uh, the rapper, this is the other guy that got in trouble. He's known as Vasio. He was jailed for fifteen days and fined two hundred thousand rubles, which is the equivalent of two thousand one hundred eighty-two dollars, for propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations. After using a sock to hide his modesty in an, at that oh. almost naked party at a Moscow hide nightclub. Hide his modesty. <laughs> yeah. The event provoked a powerful backlash at a time when Russia is waging war in Ukraine and authorities are promoting an increasingly conservative social agenda. Many of the stars who attended have since issued public apologies. Well, yeah, they don't want to be uh, defenestrated, right? Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that's your sock puppet update for today. That's crazy. Um, that's it. I just feel like I'm not done. I just want to keep hanging out. Well, I guess that's the way it goes, huh? That's yeah. how the cookie crumbles. Jim uh, says, my grandmother broke my kiss records after she read somewhere their name stood for night in Satan's service. Uh, we want to thank so many people. Um, I'll let you go through the super stickers since mine's missing some people. I will go through the super stickers. Wes, who at the beginning had a meeting and at the end contributed another five dollars and said he's got to go back to work two days a week boo and hit jefferson i mean jefferson spencer jaffe thank you for that five dollars and thank you for a second five dollars wow so cool and Luis for the five dollar super sticker also not once but twice thank you so much and for the nice words about archie karen cooper jumping in for two bucks for archie thank you and uh karen k also jumping in for twenty dollars thank you jim thank slayton you throwing down five dollars with his edith bunker voice and then a third from Luis. uh i think is that a third or a second third it's a third. a third from Luis. wow your generosity is really appreciated. Thank you very, very much for all the contributions. And we want to thank our ongoing contributors, yeah. Meredith D., Kathy O., and Beth F. Uh, without you, this show would go away. And we don't yes, want it to. Yes, it would. Thank you. Tomorrow so the on the party. After Party Live, we will talk about how love can actually change your brain. So 
Yeah, um, it can make you, they said love makes you blind and stupid and all kinds of stuff. They're scientifically yeah. might not be too far off. So we'll talk In about January, that. Along with your seasonal affective disorder. Exactly. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Have a great rest of your afternoon. And I will see you tomorrow, John Daly, my friend. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.